Ever wondered why some students can write tirelessly while others struggle to jot down just a few lines? You may have heard the phrase writing stamina time and time again, but what does writing stamina truly mean? We are going to take a deep dive into this process, exploring what it is, why it's necessary to focus on, and most importantly, the challenges that students face in sustaining their writing efforts. I'm going to then share what you can do to support them and get the results that you want, which is increased writing stamina, but doing it in a way where the progression feels natural and occurs with ease. If you are ready to understand more about writing stamina, I will meet you inside. Welcome to the Literacy Dive Podcast, a podcast for educators who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading and writing instruction. I'm your host, Megan, a true lover of all things literacy. Join me each week as we dive into teaching tips, engaging ideas, and actionable step-by-step strategies and examples to help you close the gap and lead confidently with best practices. I'm all about keeping things simple and digestible so that you can implement what you learn here as soon as tomorrow. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome to the Literacy Dive podcast if you are new here. And if you are a returner, welcome back to the Literacy Dive podcast. Either way, you have tuned in on a great day and into an even greater episode because we are kicking off a three-part series on writing stamina. Raise your hand if your students have trouble sitting and producing enough writing in a single writing session for you to even gather enough data that will help you create some next steps for them. Do you find that your students fizzle out before they even get started? Oh, what about active engagement? Are they actively engaged on the writing focus or the task for the duration of your independent writing time? If you can relate to any of these questions, you, my literacy bestie, are in the right place. So let's just go ahead and dive right into this because I am ready to kick this topic off. Now, first off, it's important to unpack writing stamina and to understand what this is. And in simple terms, writing stamina is going to refer to a student's ability to engage in the writing process for extended periods with sustained focus and productivity. Now, the key words to etch into stone are sustained focus and productivity. It's not just about the duration for which a student can write, but also about maintaining quality and engagement throughout the writing session. There are three components that we have to pay close attention to when it comes to assessing writing stamina and seeing if students really, really possess that endurance. There are physical, cognitive, and emotional aspects that work together to strengthen this endurance. If one or more components are missing from the writing stamina trifecta, let's just call it that, or if one or more components are weak, you can already imagine what that result is going to be, a decrease in stamina. Let's look into these components briefly because I really want to paint this picture and make sure that you understand 
how these three components must be present if we are going to move a child forward with their endurance. Physically, a child has to possess the necessary hand strength for handwriting. Cognitively, that same child has to have sustained thoughts and concentration. And emotionally, they have to maintain motivation and interest. So if these three components are necessary in order to really get that sustained endurance that we're looking for, can you see how if even one of those components is removed, it's going to become a challenge for stamina to begin taking form? Can you think of students right now that are lacking one or more of these components? The physical, the cognitive, or the emotional piece? Here's why writing stamina is important and a process that should land high on the priority list. Academic success. As your students progress through school, they are expected to write longer pieces and to engage in more complex writing tasks. So having strong writing stamina is actually crucial for meeting these high academic demands and requests that students will be facing in their very near future. Two dreadful words, test performance. Many standardized tests have timed writing components to them, so students with better writing stamina can perform more effectively under these timed conditions. Without the stamina, the time is spent in worry and in overwhelm and in panic, and that's never going to produce a result or a test score that's going to be representative of what that child probably really knows or has inside, but just can't seem to get it out. Development of writing skills. The more a student writes, the better their writing skills become. Writing stamina allows for this extended practice and for that slow build of increased focus over time. Think about an athlete. Any athlete, doesn't matter who it is. When you think about an athlete, the more their muscles are being strengthened and trained in these short, manageable reps, the stronger they get over time. They can lift heavier weights. They can complete more reps eventually. Being skilled requires practice, and that consistent practice builds stamina. So for this type of process that we're wanting students to transition into, it doesn't require them coming straight into your classroom on day one and sitting for 30 minutes in this sustained, focused, concentrated form of writing. It just doesn't work that way, and it's actually not good to build their stamina that way. Let's just fast forward time and think about preparation for future endeavors. That sustained writing stamina is going to prepare your students for future academic and even professional tasks that require extensive writing. I'm thinking that extensive writing could be in the form of a report or a long essay or some type of research that they have to read on and then report back to and present different forms of communications, maybe even grant writing. All of this takes sustained effort and time, and it is extensive. So it begins now that we have to help students so they can get to a place where they can stay focused, engaged, and they can be able to produce. But I get it. Although we can see the importance of this, challenges are still present. 
The reality is that students still face difficulty and stress when it comes to sustaining true efforts in writing. And I actually want to highlight some of these main challenges, and then I want to offer you support to start this process of breaking down these barriers on behalf of your students. I am going to walk you through a handful of challenges, and I want you to actively participate during this time. So right now, I want you to pick a child who has not mastered sustained writing. And as I go through these challenges, I want you to keep a mental checklist of how many of these challenges that I might list off apply to that one child. So right now, I'm going to give you a couple of seconds of think time to think about which one of your students or which one of your children are you going to say, yep, this is the one, and I want you to keep your focus on that one specific child. Don't go off into a world of your whole classroom. Only focus on that one child. All right, here we go. Challenge number one that I'm going to list off is physical fatigue. Especially in younger students, the physical act of writing can just be tiring. It's going to lead to discomfort and decreased focus. While this starts very young, like kindergarten and first grade, imagine the negative feelings associated to writing that are pretty much all-consuming as they enter fourth grade and fifth grade, now having longer writing tasks, but never really starting off in a place where it was ever enjoyable. The defeat strikes before they even have a chance when they get up into upper elementary. Challenge two is cognitive overload. Writing requires thinking. It requires planning and creativity, which can be mentally exhausting and draining for students, particularly for those complex tasks. So then on top of all that, add in the writing process components. Their brains are fried. It's almost impossible to view writing as something fun and engaging, something they can't wait to do, because that mental load is just taxing for them. Challenge three is a lack of interest. If students are not interested in the topic or in the type of writing, they are probably going to have a very difficult time staying engaged for this extended period of time. It's as simple as that. This has nothing to do with the lack of physical ability. It has nothing to do with the cognitive processing. There is a direct correlation here, and this is linked directly to emotion. Their heart isn't in it. They have no passion for it. So no, they don't want to sit there for 20 to 30 minutes respectfully and write about it. They're just not interested. Challenge four is anxiety and fear. Some of your students are going to face anxiety about making a mistake or about not writing well, which then can hinder their ability to sustain writing efforts. This can be seen in kids who are perfectionist or in students who are struggling with academic growth, meaning those students of yours that might be a grade level or two behind. This can also include kids who have high standards that are placed upon them. They don't want to let their teachers or their parents or themselves down. This can leave kids paralyzed, and it is hard to get started with confidence and with positivity 
when fear and anxiety are present. The fifth challenge I want to share is limited attention span. With the rise of digital media, some students may have shorter attention spans in result of that, making it challenging to stay focused on writing tasks for longer periods of time. Oh, my little loves, I am about to call out some students who are just near and dear to my heart, the kiddos that have ADHD. It is not that they don't want to write that they want to be defiant and they want to be strong-willed and just not do what you're asking them to do. Their brains and their bodies are just active. And when you have that level of activity, whether it's outwardly displayed or whether it's internal and you don't even realize it's happening, they are ready for the next stimulating thing. And that is going to take precedence over the writing task at hand. You've presented it to them, they've seen it, they might have done a sentence or two, and now they have jumped over to the next thing that is stimulating and catching their attention. And unfortunately, digital media, iPads, computers, all of the lights and all of the graphics that you see in movies and TV shows, that becomes what students can focus on and what they can hyperfixate on. And they can probably get so engrossed in it that you're calling their name. You're talking to them, and it's almost like they don't even hear you. But then when you place them in front of academics or maybe a book or a writing assignment, something that they just don't have a personal connection or interest to, well, that is going to be one of those short attention span moments, and it's going to be very challenging to get them on board to actually sustain their energy, get that concentration going, and finish that writing task to the full ability that you know they probably possess, and to the big standard that you know you have set for them. The last challenge I'm going to share, I was going to stop at five, but I feel like challenge six is one that I just can't leave off the list. So we're going to go with six today. As you know, there are a host of challenges, but I just want to paint the picture that with me only sharing a handful of challenges, imagine all of the other challenges out there and how many of your students are facing those as well. But the sixth challenge that I feel is really hindering the students and is causing this disconnect from them truly being able to sustain their endurance and the stamina is inadequate writing skills. These are going to be students who struggle with basic writing skills, and those students are going to find it very difficult to sustain writing because the process feels too challenging. These are your kiddos who did not master the basic age-appropriate writing goals or skills in previous grades. So as writing assignments and prompts are getting harder and getting more complex, their writing stamina becomes non-existent. Okay, you are hearing my passion come out, so I'm going to try to calm it down, but this is just such a big deal. Because these students may write what they can, but at the end of the day, a handful of sentences that they can give you are going to equal a handful of minutes. And that's going to leave the majority of that independent writing time that you have carved out for them untouched because they're done. It is as simple as that. So now let me breathe and let me ask you, do any of these challenges sound familiar to you? This is real life and Addressing these challenges head-on will help to begin that process of doing whatever it takes on your end 
to help kids build and maintain writing stamina. And there are strategies for this. I am quickly interrupting this episode to share about the new and oh-so-improved all-access membership site for the Daily Writing Disguise. This is going to be your go-to resource library for all things writing prompts, increasing writing stamina, and for sparking writing interest and engagement. All-access means just that. When joining, you will get immediate access to every single writing activity that has ever been created in this program, along with all future activities that are constantly in the works. I am keeping it simple for you, giving you everything that you need to provide meaningful writing experiences for your students. And each activity, you're going to love this, can be completed in 10 minutes or less. Tested, tried, and true, I fully believe that you will see results and your students will be asking you to let them write. Head to theliteracydive.com slash join to learn more about this game-changing writing membership. So now that you're aware of some of the true challenges that children face when sustaining writing, what is your role in this? What can you do about it? What does this look like? How can you support them recognizing that these key factors that are very well and alive are in your classroom? I am certain these questions are rapid fire going off in your mind, so let's dive into some strategies that you can be able to do, and we're going to walk through this challenge by challenge, and I just want you to think about that child that you walked through each challenge with and see if some of these strategies are ones that you can commit to beginning with. Now, I want to say that I'm going to be going through all of the challenges, like I mentioned, and so I don't want you to get overwhelmed by thinking that you have to do all of these tomorrow, but what I do want you to consider is which one of these can I see most prevalent in a group of children or in one particular child And start with that one challenge in doing some of these strategies for them. Now, I will say that the challenges that are present, the strategies for them are actually going to be good for all students. So it's not that you have to go the extra mile and just single out every child on your roster. I mean, you could do that, but let's just think smarter, not harder. Whenever we think about giving support to students who might really need it, those supports are good for your whole classroom. So think about that child. Think about what could really, really be of a benefit to that child. And then get that process going. You can start introducing that and modeling it to your class and allowing that child, along with all of the others, to start those strategies to help Eliminate whatever it is that's holding them back and hindering them from being able to achieve that sustained endurance that's needed for writing stamina. So I'm just going to start with the first challenge I shared just a handful of minutes ago, and then we're going to work through the list. So the first one I shared was that physical fatigue. So here are a couple of strategies, a few strategies that you can be able to do for that. You can provide frequent breaks. So to do this, you're going to want to incorporate short, regular breaks during extended writing sessions to prevent that physical exhaustion. 
So maybe you are going to set a timer for yourself to then just kind of call out, hey, we're going to take a little brain break. We're going to take a little stretch break. Have your students stand up, stretch to the side, you know, do a couple of toe touches. Just do that for about, you know, 30 to 60 seconds and then allow them to sit back down and continue that writing. In the beginning, when you are implementing these frequent breaks, you might want to do it with shorter times for writing. So maybe they're writing for five minutes and then you give them a break. Maybe they write for five more minutes and then you give them another stretch break. Eventually, you can start decreasing the frequency of those breaks because the increased minutes are going to replace it. So then you might move to seven minutes of doing the sustained writing and then giving them a 60-second mental break. So incorporating those frequent breaks are going to be what's going to help that physical fatigue. Another strategy that you can try is using the ergonomic tools. You can simply provide ergonomic writing tools or different types of support aids for students who struggle with that physical act of writing. So whether it's a certain type of pencil gripper or whether it's an actual certain type of pencil, maybe their wrists are actually hurting from the act of however it is that they're holding that pencil, or it could be the edge of the desk. And so maybe you put down some type of cushion or a wrist pad that's going to help with that placement of where their wrist is. Because if it is as simple as giving them something that's not going to cause them pain anymore, and that's going to be the catalyst for change, why wouldn't we do that? And there are supports out there. I mean, this is something where if you take it to your admin, your secretary, I am positive that these things can be ordered for them. But more importantly, if you even tell the parents, this is what I'm noticing that's going on, guess what? If it's happening at school, it's happening at home, and they want to know how they can help at home too. And I'm sure a parent would be more than willing to purchase that for home And if they need to send it to school, you can just make sure that it gets back to home. But those are the types of things that you have to really pay attention to, because if a student is physically having discomfort and pain, it's going to be really important that you find the source of that and find a remedy so that that becomes nixed and they can be able to start that process of sustaining and enjoying that writing time. And for the physical fatigue, Having a variety of writing activities, mixing in different types of writing activities that don't always require extensive handwriting. So I'm not really speaking about just having different types of writing activities. It's physically having different types. This could be a certain type of activity where they're having to type instead of having to handwrite. Or maybe they're able to use the voice-to-text feature on an iPad or on a computer instead of having to handwrite in that moment. So just having a little bit of variety is going to be able to help those kiddos that have physical fatigue. For cognitive overload, a couple of strategies that you can be able to try is giving them step-by-step guidance. This is going to be breaking down writing tasks into manageable steps to make that process less overwhelming. And something that's really great for this are using checklists. So in the big picture, a complete writing assignment can be given, but then you want to be able to see it in those smaller chunks. And that is what the purpose of a checklist is for. They can be able to see where they have to get to, but they're only going to go one step at a time. And they're only responsible for that next box task 
to be able to check it off. And so making sure that you can just chunk that into smaller sections for them will help with that cognitive overload. Another strategy for this is going to be using graphic organizers. So using tools like mind maps or different types of brainstorming organizers, that's going to help students to plan and organize their thoughts before they start writing. There are so many brainstorming techniques that you can incorporate, which are going to help to make that entire task easier because if their ideas are already planned out, then the thought work is done. That's done up front. So all they have to do now is transfer and expand those thoughts with details, possibly like the next day, and then they can move on to that next step. So if students are having to do the brainstorming, the planning, and then the writing all in one sitting, that's going to be a lot for the kids with cognitive overload. So just allow them to have a day for planning and then bring them back later that day or the next day and they can do that next step. And then the third strategy for this one actually is going to be to encourage drafting. Now, this is a part of the writing process, but I do know that even though we have steps in the writing process, let's just be honest, how many times do those get skipped? Probably a lot. But for these students, you really want to emphasize that the first draft doesn't have to be perfect. You can reduce the pressure that's placed on them, that they have to get everything right on that first try and how much brain power that's going to take. Eliminate that. This is key, and many kids will write a response and just hand it in as complete. But if you can explain and honor that drafting phase, it's going to be critical for students who are challenged with the cognitive overload, and they can actually breathe and relax and know that this isn't the final copy, and so they have time to be able to do that processing. For the students that lack interest. Oh boy, this is one of my favorite challenges to discuss because this is the exact issue with many of my students that I've had that have experienced very, very low stamina in writing. And I'm actually going to link to some popular activities that you can incorporate to pique that interest and that curiosity, which will then result in writing. So be sure to check the show notes for the different writing prompts and different creative writing activities that I'm going to share that are going to shift this lack of interest challenge that your students are having. But here are the strategies to consider to help these students increase their stamina. You want to give them choice in topics. So this is going to be to allow students to choose their writing topics when possible, and that's going to automatically increase their engagement. Thinking about real-world connections. Anytime you can link a writing assignment to something that's happening in the real world or more specifically in their world, and they have that context to it, and they can have that connection to it, it's going to become something that they will get interested in or want to share about, and that is going to help them to get to that final stage, which is writing according to whatever that topic is. And then a third strategy for students who are just like, I'm not interested, I don't want to do it, I just don't like this, is collaborative writing. With this, you want to use groups. You want to give them a partner. And so you can use group writing projects to make the writing process more interactive and more engaging. And again, all of your students will love doing this. So those are a few very simple and easy implementations that can probably pretty quickly change the game for your students who lack interest. 
And so once again, make sure to go to the show notes and check those links that I left for you because you will probably be mind blown at how quickly your students are probably writing because that's how a lot of those activities were designed. For students who have anxiety and fear, you want to focus on positive reinforcement. This is going to be the physical act of providing positive feedback and encouragement all to build confidence. Words of affirmation really do go a long way. And celebrating success is going to be the name to the game here. It does not matter how big or how small that step is, you can celebrate it. You can find the child who you can publicly celebrate for something that you saw them do. These compliments and these shout-outs will increase their self-worth and their belief in themselves, and it's going to start breaking down that anxiety and that fear factor. You can easily use a roster, place a check mark by every student's name just to ensure that you don't call out the same child twice before everyone had a shout out. But there are different ways that you can be able to manage that. But that's going to be something really great using that public reinforcement to be able to just call the champion out of one of your students. Safe writing environments. It is going to be imperative that you create a classroom atmosphere where mistakes are viewed as learning opportunities because this is how we learn. Being able to receive feedback or being able to be shown what errors we just made. This safe space will be key in students moving past the fear of failure and openly trying something new, even if it doesn't go as expected. So that environment piece is going to be very, very big for these students who have anxiety and fear. You have to kind of soften it and let them know that it's okay that we make mistakes. It's okay if it takes a little bit of time. It's okay. We can still use that and we can grow from it and you can let them know, reassure them. I'm going to help you learn that. And it's just going to help them in the biggest way. And one last strategy for this category on the fear and anxiety is peer support. Anytime that you can encourage peer review and support is going to help students to see that their classmates face similar challenges too. And anytime you can partner students or create small groups, that anxiety and fear is going to be far less than having to share in front of a whole class. So students can still grow in that capacity. It's just in a smaller scale. And they're not going to be on an island by themselves. They're not going to feel like they're the only ones that are experiencing these feelings, possibly. So it's really helpful for them to break through that fear and to grow as a writer, even if it's in small steps, like just working with a few peers. For students with the limited attention span, what you really want to focus on with them is going to be timed writing sessions. You are going to want to use short, timed writing exercises to gradually increase students' focus over time and to also capture their interest and let them know, hey, you just did that whole thing and now it's over. They can start experiencing completion and that they actually are making these little small gains and then eventually you can increase that time. You also want to make sure that you have engaging prompts and engaging writing tasks. So using interesting and varied writing prompts to capture their attention is what you have to go after. Because remember, they are overstimulated. So really for this, I want you to check the show notes because the links that I left were honestly 
created for some of the students that fell in this very category. So I encourage you to take action, browse and select one activity to commit to trying and just assess the feedback. Talk to your students about how they felt about it, how they felt while writing to it and get their honest feedback. Invite them to have an opportunity to do another one and gain their approval. I am confident that you will have far more positive feelings than negative, even on the first run. So just trust the process. And one final strategy for that group is to have interactive writing tools. So incorporate technology. That's what they like. But you can still use these interactive tools that are going to align with that digital media that students are accustomed to, but also with writing. So you can allow them to explore writing in this way because that interactive nature is going to gain you more minutes of their sustained focus. This does not have to be incorporated every day, but the longer spans of focus, even if it's on writing on a device, will help with that overall stamina in the long run. And we have reached our final challenge category, which are students who have inadequate writing skills. They just miss the mark with catching some of those foundational key writing elements. And so now they're having some challenges and some struggles with getting on to that grade level content. So for these students, you really want to focus on skill-focused exercises, and that's going to be incorporating writing exercises that specifically target those areas of weakness. That can include something like having grammar drills, where instead of just, you know, focusing on this long paragraph writing, you can just say, okay, we're going to look at this photo, and I want you to write 10 adjectives, or I want you to write one complete sentence, make sure that you have a capital and a period. Just whatever grammar skill they're lacking, you can do some really short, targeted exercises that are not going to take a long time, but will give them that isolated practice. Or maybe it's in vocabulary building. You can have some activities for that. So you want to really think about what are they struggling with and then provide them with an activity that gives them a little practice because as we talked about, a little practice each day is going to strengthen them over time. You also want to focus on personalized feedback with these students. You want to offer tailored feedback that's going to address each student's specific areas for improvement. And this is where goal setting and growth is going to occur. Awareness cannot be found if you are giving generalized feedback to the whole class and it might not resonate or apply to a particular student. I want you to think right now about the principal email that comes out to your inbox and it addresses some type of issue with the staff or with the workroom or coming in somewhere late. If it's a general all-call mass email to every single person in the building, the person it's intended for will most often not think that it applies to them. So they're going to go on their merry way, continuing to do whatever it is that the principal is calling out that offender for doing. And so this is the same for the feedback. If you're just addressing feedback as a whole group, making it general, well, the student who really needs to hear that one area that they have to focus on, they're going to miss it. Or if you're telling them, remember to do this, they're going to miss it. So you really have to be personalized and have those touch points because that is how they are going to grow. 
And my third strategy for these groups of children are supplemental resources. This is you providing additional resources and support for those students who need that extra help. And again, it's good for all students. And if they don't need it, then they won't use it. While this could be something like before or after school tutoring, it could also be just incorporating something new into your routine, like a writing center. If you add a writing center into your routine, students can then interact with additional resources, or you could actually have a little bit of time to let them explore, or you could actually pull them into a small writing strategy group, just as you would pull a small reading group. So for this, you want to think about what charts would be helpful for them? What visuals can I provide? What sentence stems do they need? Think about all of the things that will help move the needle forward, and those are the things that you can start compiling and introducing and providing for your students. Because as we know, differentiation is the solution to helping students who have inadequate writing skills. We have made it to the end, and I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for listening. I just really want you to think about one person right now that you know that could use this information that I've shared today. And I want you to share this episode with them. I truly appreciate the way that you support and share the Literacy Dive podcast with others. So do not forget to do that. And also don't forget to check the show notes for those writing resource supports that you can try with your students. I am so glad that we have a clear understanding of writing stamina because next week we're gonna move on to part two which is going to focus on ways to build writing endurance. We are going to go deeper into the practical side of how to put this into action with the end result of developing writing stamina. I look forward to sharing more on this topic with you, so be sure to come back next week. But until then, keep diving into literacy. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Be sure to click that follow button so you never miss a new episode. And if you are enjoying what you hear, please consider sharing this podcast with a friend. Until the next episode, we can hang out over on Instagram at The Literacy Dive, and you can search The Daily Writing Disguise in your web browser to dive into a stockpile of creative writing activity collections created by me with student engagement in mind. For literacy resources and support, you can search The Literacy Dive on TPT. I'll catch you in the next episode.